this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. Welcome to episode 49 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? fans welcome to another episode of the jedi temple archives podcast i'm your host rob and we are recording this episode on wednesday april 1st 2020 now before we start the show i do want to welcome our new sponsor audible uh, audible is a product that i am happy to endorse i use it a ton i always talk about the fact that there is a ton of star wars content out there and it is really hard to keep up with all of the books the comics etc uh, audible is an excellent way to do that and and my preferred way to do so certainly not only are they a leader in audiobooks but they also have all other kinds of spoken word entertainment uh podcasts they have comedy they have uh self-help stuff so whether you're into listening to it for science fiction as i am or if you want to indulge in any of those other passions uh, they certainly will fit the bill for you one of the great things about this is that all you have to do is visit audibletrial.com forward slash jta podcast and you will get a one month free trial which is going to get you one credit where you can pick any title plus access to two audible originals from that monthly selection uh, you also get access to the daily news digest like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or Washington Post. So there's a lot out there for you. If you cancel within the first month, there is no charge to you. We do have an agreement with them where we will get a commission, and that's a great way for you to support our podcast while also getting something for yourself. So I would highly recommend Audible. Uh, Again, they've got thousands of titles. Pretty much anything you want to listen to, you can find out there. And the great thing about the Star Wars titles is that they are many of them, especially the new ones, narrated by Mark Thompson, who does a wonderful job of bringing the characters to life through the various voices that he uses. So I personally recommend it. So again, visit audibletrial.com forward slash JTA podcast, and you will both be supporting the podcast as well as hooking yourself up with uh, a great audiobook. So cannot recommend them highly enough. And again, thank you to Audible for partnering with us to help support the podcast. All right, with that business out of the way, we're going to go ahead and move on to our main topic, which this week is going to be the Pike Syndicate, otherwise known as the Pike Family or simply the Pikes. Uh, They were really one of the things that jumped to mind uh, first for the coverage that I did of them as part of the Darth Maul uh, first episode in the two-part series that I'm going to be doing on Darth Maul, as well as the fact that they were just featured in this past week's episode of Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 6, where Ahsoka 
Ahsoka and the Martez sisters uh, take on a mission for kind of an unknown client that turns out to ultimately have them dealing with uh, the, the Pike Syndicate and running spice for them uh, from Castle uh, to the Pike homeworld of Obadiah. So they kind of have, have come up now on two fronts. I know that this upcoming episode of Clone Wars Season 7 is once again going to deal with the Pike Syndicate, and it just seemed like a perfect time to go back and, and readdress them and give a little bit of backstory about them to anyone who either has not uh, watched previous seasons of the Clone Wars or uh, may not just remember that since it's been quite a while. So uh, we will go ahead and dive right into that, starting with the clip from this past week's episode where Ahsoka finds out that they are running Spice for the Pikes. The Pike, a crime boss? Why am I not surprised you know about the Pikes? As a matter of fact, how do you know about the Pikes? I know you can't make a deal with them. Already did. Trace, how does she know so much? How do you know so much? I pay attention to the world around me, like the fact that the Pikes are gangsters. Gangsters? What, like Pintu back on Coruscant? No, much worse, galactically worse. They'll take your ship, your life, everything. My ship? While I took a job, Ahsoka, we need all the credits we can get. This is bad. Trace. Now, Ahsoka was certainly going to be familiar with many of the crime syndicates and the fact that the Pikes certainly were not to be trifled with. Uh, obviously, the Martez sisters, less so familiar. Uh, they do seem to be kind of small small players in the uh, Coruscant underworld in terms of their kind of crime connections. So certainly this whole mission that was undertaken by them was an overreach. And I, I think it was pretty clear that Ahsoka realized that. But with regards to uh, activity within the Star Wars timeline, really the involvement of the Pikes and their, uh, their introduction to the Star Wars timeline came within the comics with the auction of Eldrakitis, who was part of the mall storyline that we were talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, and that was the young Twi'lek Jedi Padawan who uh, had been captured by the Xerxes cartel and auctioned off. Now, the Pikes uh, were had their attention drawn to that auction, and the leader of the Pikes at that time, Lom Pike, had brought four of his henchmen along with him to that auction in hopes of winning that Jedi Padawan. They were not successful. Uh, she was actually won by an uh, uh, individual called Jiri Kra, but Maul and his team then took... Cadus away from him, uh, ambushed him and, and took that Padawan. And they were then chased down by a number of people who were sent after them, including Lon Pike and his henchmen. Uh, and those henchmen ended up actually being killed by Maul as part of that hunt. So uh, that was really the introduction within the comics. Now, within the actual storyline of Star Wars, and, and this kind of is given in a disjointed order throughout uh, Clone Wars, starting in season five, when we initially meet the Pikes. Um, but within the actual timeline of Star Wars, uh, the Supreme Chancellor, uh, Finis Valorum, who we do see as the Supreme Chancellor within Phantom Menace, had sent Jedi Master sifo and an aide of his named Silman to engage the Pikes in some negotiations with the Galactic Republic because the Pikes basically had cornered the market on the spice trade. Now we're going to set that storyline aside and we're going to come back to that a little bit later, kind of as it ties into the flow of the Clone Wars. Uh, but the one major thing that happens uh, in this general I, in this general time frame is that during the Clone Wars, the Pike Syndicate eventually gained control of the mining operations on Kessel, which many of you will be familiar with, uh, both with regards to the Kessel run as well as the events of Solo 
a Star Wars story as well. Uh, and certainly we can uh, never forget the famous quote from C-3PO where he talks about the fact that they'll be sent to the Spice Mines of Kessel for sure. So uh, there's a number of references to Kessel throughout throughout Star Wars, uh, but that was a very important planet because that was where the spice trade and the spice manufacturing took place. Uh, and again, within Solo Star Wars Story, they also bring up the whole idea of this coaxium being uh, mined there, uh, which played into that storyline as well. I'm not going to focus on that as much because really what it comes down to with the pikes is that it tends to be more spice centric uh, with them so one of the things that occurred during this time frame uh, within the clone wars is that as i mentioned in the darth maul episode that he was putting together what he called the shadow collective uh, where maul had initially coerced another of the underworld organizations called black sun into joining an alliance with him and then later on uh, he went to Nalhutta and basically forced the huts to also enter into an agreement with him as part of this uh, shadow collective and so i've got a clip here where uh, we've basically got the pike showing up and offering to join this uh, shadow collective which ultimately the point of it was to assist death watch which was that splinter group of mandalorians uh, who were kind of the military extremists with overthrowing satine Kreis, who was the the current leader there on the planet of mandalore so i've got a clip here and we'll listen to that we have our army now. I have a plan to undermine Satine. The army is weak. We are not ready for the Duchess. With my plan, we won't need a bigger force. There is only one plan, one vision. And it belongs to Death Watch. Your vision lacks clarity. Without us, you have no army and no reason to replace the Duchess. The depth of this opportunity eludes you. You shall watch and learn. More criminals. Spice dealers connected to all the crime families of Coruscant. The Pikes, they will be the next to join us. We know you've been forming an army. Were you expecting us? The underworld's a small community. I have no desire to oppose you. We come to join you. Very good. Then ready our troops. We leave for Nalhata immediately. I will just say, for any of you who noticed uh, or think that that voice of Pre Vizsla that you hear in that clip sounds familiar, that is John Favreau, the uh, executive producer and sometimes director of The Mandalorian. So uh, certainly he has got deep ties to Star Wars. Uh, he's been involved in a lot of things, has a great friendship with Dave Filoni, and certainly that has played out well for us with uh, with what we've seen with The Mandalorian so far. So I think when we get into Star Wars news a little later in the episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Mandalorian season two as well. So uh, kind of right along the same lines as our topic. Um, now, one of the things that really stands out in that clip is the fact that while Maul and his associates kind of had to force a lot of these other crime syndicates to step into line with them, that the Pike Syndicate very much came along willingly. They kind of read the writing on the wall and joined up uh, fairly, uh, you know, 
drama-free, I guess, uh, if you consider what it took for Maul to get the rest of the crime syndicates like Black Sun and the Hunts on board, uh, which uh, was a pretty good indicator of the fact that he had kind of cornered that market. And certainly... We do see Maul at the head of Crimson Dawn uh, in the events of Solo, a Star Wars story, which will play into this kind of whole storyline with the Pike Syndicate later on as well. Now, Maul's plan that he formulated with Death Watch for wresting control of Mandalore from Satine Cries was that he was going to send in his shadow collective that he had formulated out of these crime syndicates. They were going to wreak havoc across the planet. And so all kinds of discord, which was going to put a lot of pressure on the leadership and Satine specifically. And then Death Watch was going to come in uh, as a more militarized version of the Mandalorian people and restore order, uh, take uh, the prisoners of or make prisoners of the uh, the leaders of these crime syndicates, and essentially they were then supposed to kind of release them in secret. Uh, certainly, uh, as we covered in the Mall episode, that wasn't exactly how things played out. But we do have a little clip here of uh, Blom Pike and his uh, henchmen taking over a portion of the docks on Mandalore. Gangsters, we're under attack. <laughs> Surrender. My master is taking over these docks. You are now under the control of the Pike Syndicate. So effectively with this, uh, after Death Watch had come in and captured Maul and uh, essentially won over control of the planet of Mandalore, we really don't see a whole lot else from the Pike Syndicate within that storyline. Not much to talk about from their perspective. Certainly if you're interested in it from a perspective of Darth Maul, go check out part one of our Darth Maul episode that we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, But... Really from here, what we move on to is um, another important storyline within the Clone Wars. And this has to do with, again, uh, as I referenced earlier in this episode, the disappearance of Jedi Master sifo and the advisor Silman that accompanied him on his, on his mission for the then uh, Supreme Chancellor Phineas Valorum. So this is definitely an important storyline within uh, the Clone Wars, primarily because it really once again serves to underscore just what kind of a long game Darth Sidious was playing. Uh, Palpatine at this point had not taken over the Supreme Chancellorship of the Galactic Republic. Uh, He was still kind of working in the shadows as a senator, but he was working toward that creation of the clone army. And uh, sifo was someone who, uh, as we find out in the book Dooku Jedi Lost, it's really more of an audio play. Uh, I would certainly recommend it if you're looking for a way to use your Audible credit. Uh, it's a great one. It's got a, a great cast of characters. But the great thing about that was that it really gives some insight into the relationship between Dooku and sifo And one of the things it explores with sifo is the fact that he had these Jedi visions uh, and he, he basically could foresee things before they occurred. Uh, so he was very much a risk to Palpatine, uh, certainly Dooku as well. And uh, at this point, basically, Palpatine had decided that he could not risk having sifo running around the galaxy. He also wanted to use him, or at least his name, for creation of the clone army, and thus he had to be removed as a factor. And so how that played out is that Tyrannus, uh, a.k.a. Dooku, went to the Pikes and basically paid them to ambush and kill sifo which they then carried out. Uh, and later on within the Clone Wars, uh, 
through a, a series of events. Plo Koon, actually, who is uh, Plo Koon, who is one of the Jedi Masters on the High Council, uh, and Obi-Wan had gone and discovered on one of the moons of Obadiah that uh, they had they had found the missing spacecraft of Sifo-Dyas and recovered his lightsaber. So they had some strong suspicions that there was Pike involvement, but uh, I'm just going to play the clip here where they discover the remains of Sifo-Dyas's ship as well as his lightsaber now. information pinpoints it is here. I don't know what to tell you, sir. We're getting no visuals and no recognition on the scanner. You must locate the source of the signal command. Press on. Wait. I think I found something. It's very faint, sir. That is it. As a result of the discovery of that crash ship, as well as Sifo-Dyas' lightsaber, uh, the Jedi High Council had convened back on uh, Coruscant, and one of the decisions that was made by Yoda and the Jedi High Council was to further investigate the death of Master Sifo-Dyas. So in furtherance of this investigation, Jedi Master Yoda and the High Council dispatched Anakin and Obi-Wan to the planet of Obadiah to talk to the Pike Syndicate and find out what they knew about the disappearance of Jedi Master sifo and if they had any involvement in that disappearance given the, the proximity uh, that his ship was found to their planet of Obadiah. And so I've got a clip here of Obi-Wan and Anakin arriving and having this opening discussion with the Pikes. I cannot remember the last time a Jedi came here. Many years it has been. Funny you should say that. We're looking for a Jedi that got lost here. His name is Sifo-Dyas. Oh, the Jedi Sifo-Dyas was here. But that was a long time ago. Master Sifo-Dyas' ship was found. Crashed on a moon orbiting this world. What you found, we know nothing of. Would the Jedi like to join us for a refreshment? The Pike's offer is kindly accepted. To friendship? <laughs> friendship. Friendship. What an interesting necklace that is. 
May I have a look? Perhaps the bikes have taken enough of the Jedi's time. Oh, no, no, it's no bother at all. The Jedi are happy to know all the Pike's secrets. We have no quarrel with the Jedi. Maybe you should tell us why you're wearing the crest of the Chancellor's personal advisor. I am confused. Is the Jedi looking for a Jedi Master or someone else? Stop playing games! sifo was traveling with an advisor. They were sent here to negotiate with you. <laughs> well, it looks like you have finally put the pieces together. The man you are looking for is here. And interestingly enough, not only do the Pikes go ahead and admit the fact that there was a survivor and they have possession of him, but they even go more into kind of the backstory of the plot, which we get in this next clip here as well. The Pikes wanted to gain an advantage over the other crime families. So alliances were made. One alliance was with a man named Tyrannus. I've heard that name before. Django Fett mentioned it during my Camino investigation. Tyrannus wanted sifo dead. The Pikes were well paid to shoot down his ship. However, any man that is willing to pay to have a Jedi killed is dangerous and unpredictable. The Pikes inspected the crash to retrieve the Jedi's body for proof. But with the dead Jedi, the Pikes found another, still alive. Silman, the Chancellor's aide. The Pikes gave Tyrannus sifo but the Pikes did not tell Tyrannus of Silman. The Pikes needed insurance. Insurance? Yes, and now the Pikes can bargain. We give you Silman. You forget about the Pikes' treachery against the Jedi. So Obi-Wan and Anakin in their investigation are able to uncover and get the Pikes to admit to the fact that there was a survivor uh, during the death of Matt Jedi Master sifo uh, and that is Silman, the, the Supreme Chancellor's aide that was sent along with him on this mission, and the Pikes have essentially been keeping him captive all this time, kind of uh, for two purposes. Uh, first, uh, at the same time that Yoda was dispatching Obi-Wan and Anakin to go and explore the ties between the Pike Syndicate and the disappearance of Jedi Master sifo this whole affair had shown up on the radar of Darth Sidious, and he had dispatched Darth Tyrannus to go to Obadiah and basically clean up any loose ends that still existed that may tie this whole thing back to them because uh, they were essentially uh, nearing the end game of the, the plan to execute Order 66 and implement the Jedi Purge, and certainly having the Jedi uh, led on to the fact that, that the Sith were in any way involved with the death of Master sifo who had commissioned the Grand Army of the Republic, uh, would certainly start to raise questions and potentially put that entire plan at risk. So uh, the next clip we've got here is the Jedi, both Anakin and Obi-Wan, getting a chance to finally talk to uh, this this aide of uh, Chancellor Valorum uh, named Silman and basically find out if he had any information that would tie this back to exactly who was involved in the death of sifo -Dyas. 
Who's there? We are Jedi, sent to find you. Jedi? To find me? Why me? I was betrayed. Forgotten. Long ago. No one knew you were alive. Quick, maybe you have some food. Have, have you, have you any food? Of course. friend uh, a supply bar mm, mm, delicious you see I was so frightened I would have nothing to serve oh, oh. serve my my babies they get so angry when I have nothing to serve we might have a problem here been cooped up in here too long, old man. We've come to take you home. Home? No, no, this is my home. I can't leave my friends. You were traveling with Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas. Tell us what happened to him. <laughs> Sifo-Dyas? He, he, he died. Died, 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 died. Tricked we were. The bikes are not to be trusted. Oh, no, 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 no. Were not the ones. No, no, the bikes were not the reason. Who was responsible? Someone powerful. Someone who who wanted to be Cyphodius. Why? All is deception. <laughs> Can't you see? Because... because... Dooku, once you actually came to do your own dirty work. Sometimes things are just that important. Now, one of the great things about this particular story arc is that this is really the moment that leads up to the discovery by the Jedi, specifically Anakin and Obi-Wan, that... Tyrannus, who they had heard mention of a number of different times, uh, but had never made the connection to who that actually was. Uh, this is the point where that is revealed to be Dooku. And that occurs in the next clip where the uh, the Pikes led by Lom Pike confront uh, Tyrannus and basically tell him that, that they are through with him. And this kind of ends up uh, creating a, a showdown between both the Pikes, the Jedi and Dooku, where the Pikes are forced to choose a side and uh, I think that's an interesting clip we'll go ahead and listen to that next you have no business left with the Pikes Tyrannus Tyrannus? you are the man called Tyrannus? I told you everything you needed to know on Geonosis all those years ago Kenobi you should have joined me Sifo Dias understood he saw the future that is why he helped me you lie 
Minister Long, if you're going to help us, now is the time. Kill Tyrannus! So this is one of the interesting clips uh, within this particular timeline, primarily because of the fact that it really raises the question of whether Sifo-Dyas himself actually ever commissioned the clone army. Uh, I tend to side on the, the side of the argument where he did not actually commission the army. He certainly had had the interest and intention of doing so, but to me it makes far more sense that Sidious would have had Tyrannus kill uh, Sifo-Dyas so that he could then act in his stead, commission the clone army, and he would have had the ability then to make all the modifications to the clones with regards to actually picking the template, as well as selecting uh, the the option to put those implants in the minds of the clones that would essentially be what triggers Order 66 later on uh, when Sidious uh, plays that card in his, uh, in his bid to end the Jedi Order. So for me... Uh, uh, it really was Tyrannus operating in place of sifo They eliminated sifo so that he could take on that role. That tends to be held up more by the uh, the conversation that they had with Silman, who, as you heard a couple clips ago, was killed by Tyrannus right before he could really reveal too much information to the Jedi. However, uh, the Pikes really did the damage. They revealed that Tyrannus was, in fact, Dooku. And uh, that really kind of wraps up that particular arc within the Clone Wars with regards to the Pike Syndicate. Now, from that point on, at this point, we have always been dealing with Lom Pike in regards to the, the Pike Syndicate in terms of leadership. But from that point forward, leadership moves on to a character named Mark Krim, and that is the character that Ahsoka and the Martez sisters are dealing with in this most recent episode of The Clone Wars, and certainly uh, with the preview that's been put out for Episode 7 that's coming out this Friday, it looks like the Pikes are once again going to play a big role in that particular episode. So Mark Krim is going to uh, is going to you know be a part of that, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the Pike's reaction is to Ahsoka and her, you know, compatriots making off with 30,000 credits without actually having delivered the spice. Now, with the exception of the storyline with Ahsoka and the Martez sisters, uh, there were a couple other items that occurred kind of during that time, that Clone Wars timeline when Mark Krim was in command of the Pike Syndicate. Uh, Black Sun, one of the other criminal organizations, had suggested a merger between the two, uh, which was rebutted by Mark Krim. And in retaliation, the Black Sun had kidnapped his wife and his children. Uh, that issue was later resolved. Perhaps one of the other things that's really telling about the Pike Syndicate throughout this time period is the fact that despite the fact that Maul had been captured by the, the Death Watch during the takeover of Mandalore and then subsequently after escaping from the Death Watch had been captured by Darth Sidious, the Pikes had stayed loyal to that Shadow Collective that entire time, and it wasn't until later in the Clone Wars when the Separatists started launching attacks on both the Pike Syndicate and Black Sun that they no longer saw any, A, financial incentive, but also uh, they didn't really believe that Maul was going to be successful in rising up against Sidious himself. So at that point, they left the Shadow Collective. 
And at that point, we really don't see a whole lot of additional interaction with the Pike Syndicate. They really don't crop up again until the time period of Solo, A Star Wars Story. And when Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, and Kira head off to Kessel to retrieve the Coaxium as part of their deal with Dryden Voss, when they arrive on Kessel and land the Falcon there, the character that comes out to greet Kira and take possession of Han and Chewbacca as slaves that are being sold into kind of the the spice mines of Kessel is a character named Quay Tolsite, and he is a capo or captain for the Pike Syndicate uh, and a member of that Pike Syndicate uh, who is still in control of operations on Kessel. So that really is kind of the end of our interaction within the books, within the comics, within the animated series and the films with regards to the Pike Syndicate. But I do think it's pertinent to know what their backstory is, primarily because, again, I do believe they're going to play a major role in this week's episode of uh, season seven of the Clone Wars. And I think it's good to have that basis and kind of be caught up on what their importance is to the overall storyline. And with that, I think we are going to go ahead and head to the Holonet News for the week. Now, most of the major news that's come out in the past week or so has really been related to The Mandalorian Season 2. We've got a few different uh, stories that have had to do with people who are expected to be part of that Season 2. Certainly, the Rosario Dawson rumor that she is going to be showing up in the role of Ahsoka Tano is one that uh, has garnered a lot of interest across the Star Wars community. I'm certainly a huge fan of Ashley Eckstein, and I think that, you know, certainly she should be a person who gets first uh, consideration, assuming that she is interested in playing that role. But I can also understand why they may want to go with someone who uh, maybe has more of that look that you expect to see from Ahsoka. I just think it's really kind of a a catch-22 because you may get someone who physically represents her and can pull off some of the moves that she may be capable of making. But actually, Eckstein has really been the soul of Ahsoka Tano for those of us who are fans of the animated series. And it's just hard to picture that character not with actually Eckstein uh, behind that portrayal. So, But in addition of that, there's been a couple of other different uh, releases that have come out, one of which is that Michael Bean, who a lot of people are going to be familiar with uh, from both Terminator, where he played Kyle Reese, uh, as well as the film Aliens, where he played Dwayne Hicks. Uh, who was kind of one of the major characters that made it through the majority of that film, um, who is an actor that, you know, I think would be wonderful within The Mandalorian. Uh, He may be playing some sort of role within The Mandalorian, as well as the fact that uh, the most recent rumor is that Jamie Lee Curtis has a role within The Mandalorian Season 2 as well. So a lot of uh, Mandalorian Season 2 news kind of uh, seeping out around the seams. I'm going to be very interested to see when that actually does come live on Disney Plus and uh, I know a lot of us are uh, kind of waiting with bated breath to find out what's going to happen with the storyline how they're going to move that along with the child and and uh, how far they're going to go to really reveal any backstory about that particular species which has been a long guarded kind of secret uh, of George Lucas and in something that has been Uh, kind of a a touchy topic with regards to whether they're ever really going to give a whole lot away about him. Uh, It's one of those mysteries of Star Wars that that I'd be okay if they just never really solved. So the other piece of news with regards to Star Wars, and this is uh, a little bit more of a a somber piece of news, is that we did have another death in the Star Wars family. And that was Andrew Jack, who, while not a household name with regards to Star Wars or really any of the major movie franchises, definitely 
only had a huge part in all of it. And I've talked about this before, that there are so many people that, that work to make these films uh, the masterpieces that they are behind the scenes and really don't get the credit they deserved. Uh, Andrew Jack was someone who had worked extensively on Lord of the Rings, as well as uh, a number of Marvel films, including Endgame and Infinity War. He worked with John Boyega to help him turn his English accent more American. And uh, he also was within the films themselves, both in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi as General Emat. So you can see him in a number of scenes kind of where they've got the high command together. He's got the the uh, white kind of shoulder length hair. So certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to, he, uh, to Andrew Jack and his family um, and to anyone who's suffering from uh, coronavirus symptoms or uh, death related to coronavirus around the world. We certainly have listeners all over the world. Uh, this is certainly something that is kind of altering the world that we live in. And uh, hopefully all of you stay safe, keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, and uh, just uh, pass the time listening to your favorite podcasts if if that's what it takes to keep yourself sane uh, while we kind of wait this out. And hopefully uh, it passes and we're able to move on. So again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, please do so. You can certainly find us on social media at JTA Podcast. You can reach out to us via email at jtapodcast at gmail.com. You can give us a call on our voicemail at uh, 201-746-5827, which is JTAP. And we would love to hear from you. I'd love to play some clips on the show uh, and certainly ask any questions that you want brought up, possibly as future topics on a podcast, or even if you just kind of want to weigh in on something within the Star Wars uh, franchise that uh, you feel is important and you want to engage with people in a discussion about, feel free to, to put that through us and we will start that conversation and uh, maybe even do a live stream where we get some of those questions answered as well. So again, thank you guys. You have a wonderful week. You keep safe, keep your family safe, and may the force be with you. Thank you.